1: Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about improving human connection and building high-performance teams, a topic that many of us are interested, in, especially in a market where the labor is so tight. So we want to make sure that we have an understanding of what this really means to help us. We have Tony Martinetti, Chief Inspiration Offer at Inspired Purpose Coaching. Tony, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Chad. This is awesome. So we always like to ask one off the wall question as we get started, just so the audience has a better chance to get to know you. And I'm always curious to know something that you're passionate about that those who only know you from work might be surprised to learn about you. That only knowing from work? Yeah. Something, something like we all have these work personas and we have these personal personas and then the things that we don't share. I mean, I don't know, I don't need you to go, you know, too deep, but it's something that, that people that know you from your, you know, your coaching or, or through work or work with you might be surprised to learn. Yeah.
0: Well, I tell you right now, I've got a a massive music collection that is, um, it's kind of scary. I've collected years and years of years of like different types of genres of music that is scans everything from reggae to, you know, soul to classic rock. And I'm, um, you can quiz me on pretty much anything music related. And, uh, I'm holding
1: a, a Rolodex of, of interesting <laughs> facts that are pretty much useless. And, and when you say collecting, are we talking vinyl? Are we talking CDs? Are we talking all of the above? Both? Yeah. Okay. And digital now too. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm a huge music lover. Probably you've probably got me beat, but, uh, it's always great to meet another audiophile. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So let's talk about, you know, we have this big shift to virtual that is, it's always promising to go away. So we go back to person and then something happens and we seem to stay in virtual. (laughs) So there's a huge challenge for people to connect to other human beings, to truly connect with them, especially in a virtual environment. So I'm curious if you've got suggestions or or things you've learned that would help drive that deeper human connection through that screen uh, interaction. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'll start by just saying how important it is to have the connections that we need to have. They're not just about like, oh, that's great because we can get things done, but it's the desire at the very human level is to connect with others, even though there's probably some introverts out there saying to themselves like, oh, I love being alone. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> but but the reality is that you need some connection to to really relate with yourself to other people. And everything happens through connection with others. So I'm happy to divulge more into that. But I think really what happens is you get to know yourself through others. So I want to start with that as the background to say, knowing that the conversations we're having on Zoom, they can't just be about business. They can't just be about getting the job done and what's the next thing we need to do to move a project forward. They have to go beyond that. They have to continue to, to look at, How are we in connection with each other as we work on projects? How are we feeling about, you know, life in general? Because we don't have the water cooler any longer. We have to make (laughs) sure we're making a conscious effort to really connect with people
1: on a personal level, even if it means that it's through video. And it creates an interesting kind of situation for a lot of people. There's a, there's a need to be a little bit more, I think vulnerable, uh, and, and honest. You know, I, I remember when we first started in this virtual full time and the, the virtual backgrounds used to drive me nuts. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Let me, let me see what's behind you. You know, I didn't do my hair now. Granted I'm bald. So I didn't do my hair. It's fine. If you didn't do yours, I don't care if a cat walks in front of the camera. I, yeah. There was this desire to get to know people on a deeper level. And I think in some cases it might've even accelerated that because people that it would have taken three, four or five meetings to get to that point, you just instantly, if you really focus on it, can fall into it. I'm I'm curious when you think about that connection somebody's ability to connect to another human being through virtual does that impact their ability to make them more coachable for other individuals or other you know managers if i'm trying to coach my team or if i'm if a you know ceo is trying to coach another exec does that ability to connect play in play a role in how coachable they can be through video
0: yeah i mean it it does to an extent it really starts with making sure that you have this ability to to not have that air of, I need to be perfect. I need to show up in some fancy way. Or so I think for the most part, you're right. We've, the fact that people are showing up more kind of raw and just vulnerable, um, it's really broken down a lot of barriers and allowed people to open up to trust quicker, but it also means that it's not just one and done. You have to continue to, to go deeper and continue to move past the, um, the surface and see what's really going on for people. Because oftentimes what you will see on the surface is not always what's really going on for people. So you have to be present, really listen to what's going on and you have to listen with more intention on video (laughs) than ever before, because you don't get the, the luxury of seeing the, the, expressions that come through the, vo- the body motions, things like that.
1: Yeah. There's a lot less nonverbal communication that is visible, right? Maybe we get the shoulders up, but we don't see the rest of the body language uh, that's going on. Exactly. And so when we think about this, part of it uh, impacts our everybody's mindset. I mean, everything that's been going on lately has impacted people's mindset, but I'm yeah. wondering if we get into kind of that coaching in more specificity What are the things that get in the way of of people being able to access that coachable mindset, right? There's people that may benefit Mm -hmm. from being coached, but they have to be willing to receive that coaching in a positive way. And I'm curious what you've seen that gets in the way of that. Yeah, because, you know,
0: one of the first things that comes to mind, and I'm glad you kind of pushed on this because it's so important, is that being able to get in the coachable mindset comes from this place of being open to seeing yourself fully. If you're still putting up this facade that this person in front of me is going to point at my flaws is going to poke at me and is trying to create a situation where I'm not good enough, then you're going to immediately start to put yourself on defense, but you have to do, you have to come from a place of knowing that the person in front of you has the best interest in mind and is trying to help you to see how you could become better to unlock that potential. And so whether that person who's coaching you is a coach or a leader in your organization, your boss, who's trying to help you to advance to the next level of your career, they have to have the best interests in mind for you. And you have to have the open mind to seeing why they're sharing what they're
1: sharing. Yeah, it comes down to it sounds like, you know, making sure the coaches come in with positive intent, first and foremost, understand they are dealing with a human being, and then Mm -hmm. and really paying attention as they uh, as they interact through this virtual environment. I'm curious with all the virtual Does it change the way leaders should construct, organize, coach their teams to ensure they're performing at optimal levels? I mean, I've seen the stats about, you know, three hours of coaching a month increase performance by some outlandish percentage or something like that. And I'm curious if that has changed at all in terms of team construction or coaching approach due to the result of being so much in virtual.
0: Well, one thing for sure is there's a a desire to have more coaching, more connection that is beyond just... You know, checking in and having status reports on projects or more meetings that are geared towards doing the work, but more how are you doing? How can I help you to be more effective to deal with issues that you're dealing with? Some more coaching conversations are required, but also the conversations have to slow down. So, as you notice, the way I'm talking right now is this element of like trying to get more into this pace that is really allowing things to to be more calm and collective. The tone has to be in a place of wanting people to know that you're here and you care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and that and I think you hit on a really important point tonality the way we speak the speed at which we speak the inflection Mm -hmm. in the voice that becomes I think even more important especially in virtual and hopefully we'll uh, transfer once we're all back face to face or there's some mix of the two and this coaching thing is something that we everybody knows I think that it's important uh, or at least Mm -hmm. most people I think do and they struggle at times to really turn and create a coaching culture inside of their organizations. I'm curious from a coaching standpoint, how did you get into coaching? What did you think it was about coaching that that many struggle with, or perhaps you had a a new approach on What, what was the draw? Okay. So I'll, I'll get into, um, my
0: first taste of coaching was near the very tail end of my time in corporate so I didn't have the experience of being coached during my corporate career. And I think that was a big miss. I wished I had someone like me <laughs> in my time <laughs> in the corporate journey. So I think people should have coaches earlier on um, in their journey to help them through those inflection points. But when I did get coached, I started to have these moments where I said to myself, like, wow, this is, there's something powerful about this experience. It's not just about the coach. It's also about me. And allowing myself to slow down and to and to have those questions asked of me to dig deeper and to really answer them the way that I should, the moment that really propelled me into coaching was this feeling that I could not continue to do things the way I was doing them and have fulfillment in my life. I had a moment in a boardroom where I was looking around at the the leaders in the room, and I said to myself that I can't collect a paycheck and allow." the type of leaders that I'm seeing in this room to persist. They, they're too toxic. They're just too concerned about their own way of showing up and how they look and not concerned about how they're inspiring and driving their people to become better, to be enriched in their experience of being in the world of corporate. And so I decided to leave. I had literally got up and left the room to change the room. And that was the start of my leap into the unknown (laughs) I may have had an experience of coaching, but I didn't know what it really meant to be a coach. So there was a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of challenges. I mean, I'd gone to coaching schools and got certified in more programs than I care to even mention, but the journey was more than anything of a journey inside to find out who I really was made up, who I was so that I could serve other people in the way that I needed to be served myself.
1: I um, love it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's powerful when you come to that realization and you're willing to make the changes necessary, take the risks. I mean, stepping out of corporate is, is not easy. I can speak yeah. to that myself. It's scary as hell, but to do it with that passion is, is quite impressive. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious what impacts, positive or negative, can organizations expect if they do embrace a coaching mindset or on the other side of it, fail to do so? What does that look like?
0: Oh, what a great question. Really, uh, I think one of the things is that when they they embrace a coaching mindset, what they're going to start seeing is that people are going to start to open their eyes wider to what's possible for themselves, but also speaking up on the things that are not really going according to plan and not just, you know, allowing them to persist. The issues that persist are going to start to bubble up quicker. And you're going to start seeing those things that we would normally tolerate won't be tolerated as much as we used to. And that's why I love coaching and love the industry that I've gotten into is because it allows us to ripple the effect across many different areas. When one person's become becomes enlightened into this idea of I see something that's not right and I'm willing to speak up and say something about it, other people see that and they, they see that example and they start to... Pick up on that. And before you know it, you have a culture that's shifted in a different way and is showing up differently. So those are the positives. Uh The negatives could be that you could have too much change happening all at once, which is ultimately a good thing, bad thing. The real negatives, if you don't embrace a coaching culture, is that you're going to have a lot of people who ultimately are stuck in patterns and will eventually find themselves not evolving and adapting to the future,
1: which we know how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not where you want to be. All right. Let's, uh, let's pivot here a little bit and talk about inspired purpose coaching. Um, yeah. you know, you told us you walked out of, of corporate and you started, uh, taking the, the trainings and the courses and the certifications and all that. Mm. How did that morph into inspired purpose coaching or were there other steps along the way? Yeah. I mean, um, the first
0: foray was more of a business coaching um, slant where I was working to be helping businesses to become better because that's what I knew. I was coming from a business background and I thought, you know, this is what I do. But as I started to get clear about who I was meant to serve, I started to see that my true inspired purpose was to help accomplished leaders to connect with their purpose, their inspired purpose to do what they're meant to be doing in the world and to find that clarity for themselves so that they can do work that lights them up, that finds fulfillment for them in their lives, not just in their work, and allows them to have an impact on the people around them. So that all really kind of came from doing the work showing up and continuing to explore the possibilities of what i could do and then eventually through that process i found more and more who i was meant to work with
1: Love it. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. The first is simply, as a chief inspiration officer, that makes you a prospect for a lot of people that are out there. So you're probably having a lot of people reach out to you on a regular basis. And I'm always curious to learn when they don't have a trusted referral into you, how do they capture your attention? capture your curiosity or something and earn the right to time on your calendar. What works best for you?
0: Yeah, it really comes down to if a person is really speaking to a desire to do the work or desire to really want to make a change, because here's the thing, I I have to vet my people, very, the people who work with me very closely and very um, a lot, because I want to make sure that I'm not here to do the work for people who come into my world Um, it's a co-creation, you know, and part of what I do is allowing myself to, to create a space for people to do their work for them. And it's a very powerful co-creation process. So if someone shows up and expects me to make the change for them, we're not a fit. Um,
1: It has to be somebody who's willing to do the work. I mean, it's kind of, it's almost yeah. kind of like therapy too, right? If you're not willing to do the work or even any type of education, if you're not willing to do the work and step into it, then don't waste your time. Or quite frankly, those of the uh, people that are trying to help you. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So last question, call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing you could tell sales, marketing, or professional services people, one piece of advice you could give them that if they listened to you believe would help them hit their targets or exceed them, what would it be and why? Yeah. Um, I would say the,
0: the one thing I would say is continue to to show up and collect no's as much as possible because in those no's are insights as to where you will be able to get to the things that will generate your business. I've collected so many no's along the way that you would think that I'd give up, but <laughs> I realized that, it you know, through that, I learned so much and now I'm finding myself to really cut through the noise and see who I'm meant to say yes to.
1: I love it. That is some great advice. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Is there some place you'd like people us to send people if they're interested in talking to you, learning more about Inspired Purpose Coaching or anything else?
0: Yeah, there's two places that come to mind. Number one would be my website, which is inspiredpurposecoach.com. And the other place would be my book is for sale on Amazon, which is um, called Climbing the Right Mountain. Uh, It's a book about helping people to navigate their path and thinking about the path they're on and realizing that there's always another path that they can
1: get on um, when they're ready to make the change. I love it. All right, everybody. I want you to pick up that book. Check it out. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cannot thank you enough. Thank you. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. You know the drill. B2Brevexec.com or iTunes. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening
0: to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience.